Hello, Saubona, how's it, Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Everyday Nation Podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? All right, Sobs, where are you? Uh, I just want to say, whenever you're gonna give your burnt, or not, whenever you're gonna give your burnt offering in your allegory for church, just share the offerings with the rest of us. <laughs> uh, well, it's uh, such a pleasure to be with you. Such a pleasure to be preaching to live people again. I've been preaching to cameras for so long, um, but yeah. And uh, you know, this year has been very interesting. I've been, you know, kind of pondering theories about. Where did it all go wrong? You know, like when an accident happens, right? That everyone has this moment where they, we try to figure out what went wrong. It's like, I knew it. I, that time when the plane dipped left instead of dipping right, you know, but when the car and the other car, I knew that happened. So for me this year, some people say it all went wrong when Iron Man died. Like when Iron Man died, <laughs> you knew it. <laughs> that went wrong. And some are saying it all went wrong when the SABC did not have a, a, a song of the year. It's like in, in, who, in how many years the SABC does not have a song of the year? So <laughs> I don't know whatever your theory is, but it's been a very, it's been a very interesting year. It's been a very difficult year for some, for most of us, actually for all of us. And we're here, we're wearing our masks and, um, yeah, hey, we, we thank God for this opportunity to come together, for this opportunity, you know, to have people and see people. And, you know, because there was times where it didn't feel like we'll ever see anybody. Me and T would drive out for groceries and we'd be like, where, where's everyone? It's just birds. Um, but anyways, let's get into the word today. Um, today I'm going to be preaching about the sermon title is called His Rest. Now, if you know me, and you've known me for quite a significant amount of time, the only time my name and the word rest come into the same sentence is when they, he needs in the middle. Like, (laughs) so when I'm here, I'm not preaching from a place of, I got it all figured out. Like, uh, you know, here's the, here's the down, here's the lowdown on my great philosophy and principle. I'm not the guru of rest. I'm a student and a pretty bad one at that too. <laughs> so, I, so if uh, if you feel any conviction, if you feel any stirring or anything that uh, you know doesn't rub that rubs you up the wrong way, just make just know that I'm with you. When I finish here, I'm gonna go stream the service again and listen to myself and go, Amen. You do that. That we we must do that. <laughs> All right. So let's get into the word. And you, can we please open up? Hebrews 4, we're going to read from verse 1 to 11. Alright. I need to program myself to stop looking at the screen constantly. It's <laughs> uh, okay, let me, I'll just start reading. Therefore, whilst the promise of entering his rest still stand, let us fear lest any of us should, uh, should seem to have uh, failed to reach it. For, for good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who 
believe, enter the rest as he said. As I swore in my wrath, they should not enter my, my rest. Although his words were, although his work was finished from the foundations of the world, for he has, for he has somewhere spoken of a, uh, spoken of the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his work. And again in this, in this passage he says, they should not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it. And some who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. Again, he has appointed a certain day today, saying through David, so long before in the, in the words uh, already quoted, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So now... There remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whosoever has entered God's rest has also rested from, uh, from his work as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter the rest so that no one may, um, no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. All right. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Jesus, we pray, Lord God, as we study your word, that you give us understanding, that you give us vision, you give us revelation, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we trust in you, Lord God, that you unlock your scriptures to us, Lord God. May we be people who are not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word, Lord God. Let us receive it with gladness, Lord God, and and let us not harden our hearts, Lord Jesus. Lord God, we thank you and we worship you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. All right. So Hebrews, this uh, very short passage, is very tricky. It's, it's very hard to understand. I kind of had to read it like a couple of times. And I'm like, I'm trying to understand where, what's the point? Where is he going? So basically it starts off when he says, therefore, whilst the promise remains, it's, it's talking about the children of uh, the, the Israelites when they came from, is, from Egypt into the Jordan. The most famous Bible story ever. I mean, like... You know, if you grew up in black church, we sing about that thing all the time. See, we're always willing any other thing or everything. We're just willing all the time. <laughs> so <laughs> we're crossing over, moving over, jumping over. So um, it's talking about them crossing the Red Sea and how they came from Egypt and they came into Canaan. And uh, it, it's speaking particularly about the generation of Moses how some of them did not enter into the promised land, but some of them, especially Caleb and Joshua, were able to go in with the newer generation. They were able to go in into the promised land. And uh, it speaks about rest in about three different ways. There's rest, which is like a state of rest. And there's also like rest as in, you know, taking a break, Sabbath rest. And there's also like rest as in rest in peace, go up to heaven and be with the Lord. So I'm just going to talk about rest as in the state of rest and then Sabbath rest. I'm not going to talk about rest as in going to being with the Lord. Uh, we'll save that for some other gloomy day. Uh, so let's start with the state of rest. So God says here, I swore to them that they will not enter my rest. Now, if you think of Canaan and if you know about how what happened when they entered into Canaan, it, did, it, did, it does not sound like a holiday. The promise was milk and honey, but if they were full, the, the place was full of giants. The place was full of all the Jebusites and the what-what sites and all the parasites and the insecticides and the what-what sites. Everywhere, all over the place. So they had to fight their way into the promised land and 
you know, get the sights all out of the way. It was not a holiday. But God said, they will enter my rest. He called that place a place of rest. It was not Belito on a summer's, on a summer's day. It was not Cape Town. It was a state of rest, a state of being that they would come in to God's rest. So he referred it to, to, uh, to Canaan as his rest. Now, also on the other hand, if you see like the way God speaks about Canaan, it's almost the same way that, you know, it's like Eden. Like when Adam and Eve were in Eden and then they left because of sin. And then when the, when the Israelites are coming back, it's like, you know, it's almost like a metaphor, an allegory for coming back into Eden. Now, this distinguishing factor between Eden and um, uh, the distinguishing factor be, uh, uh, of Eden is the fact that God's will was done. You know, God was there. He created the world. And then the seventh day, he rested with Adam and Eve. They were chilling there. Adam was still working. Still working. It was a place of rest, there was still work and all of that, but that was the distinguishing factor is that God's will was done. Now when sin enters, they couldn't stay anymore because when sin entered, what happened is that they had to, they decided that they need to exert their own will over their own life. It's like adulting. You know, when you're growing up, there's a point where you're like, I don't understand why do I have to drink the milk and why can't I drink the milk from the jug? Why do I have to use a glass? Why do I have to, why do I have to take out the trash? Why do I have to clean my room? Why do I have to do all those things? And then finally, what happens, you actually leave home and then all of a sudden, you kind of have to make your own plans. When we're children, like, I did not know the cost of, I don't know, electricity. I don't know what electricity, I don't know what electricity costs. I thought that stuff came for free. Like, I did not know that I didn't watch the fuel, the fuel price. I didn't care if the fuel price went up, the exchange rate and all of that. I didn't care because my parents had to make the plan. I just had to live in that space of the, I'm covered. I'm a child. I'm in this environment. I'm in bliss. Everything's bliss. But when you, when you start adulting, you, the, is the T's and C's that you did not read. Like tax. Nobody told us about that. <laughs> Nobody told you about budgeting. <laughs> Nobody told you about rates. Nobody told you about, you know, life cover and all these other things. And you, you just grow up and then all of a sudden adulting slaps you on the side. And then you realize that it, it's a lie. It's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. I want to go back. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> So it's the same thing uh, with God Is that when they were in Eden And when they were coming into Canaan Is that they were coming into a place of God's will And if it's God's will, it's God's will He had covered everything They just had to live it out You know, like the whole way of going to, from, from Egypt into Canaan they, God showed them the directions Like with the cloud And like, okay, stop now Take a break Here's food. Here's all of this. But when Adam and Eve stepped out of Eden and they went on their own, it was like, oh, see yourself. What are you going to eat? What are you, where are you going to sleep? Now they had to go make a plan. You know, push this side, pull this side, 
hustle there, hustle wherever, and try and put a plan together for their livelihood, for their existence. Now, when you have to put a plan together, that means you have to live by your own plan, by your own will. Now, what's the most dis- when, you, when you have to live by your own plan, you're always stressed out. You're double-checking the budgets. You're checking if, am I getting enough money this month? Like, ooh, can I tip that? Can I do that? Ooh, stressing about where am I going to eat? Where am I going to, like, uh, COVID comes and there's retrenchment. You're all nervous and itchy and you're, like, you're anxious and you're everything and you have no rest. You're restless. It's like you're always on edge. Everything, this is like, it, it piles up, it piles up. And you, you, you're nervous. Your, your state of being is different from when you are in God's rest. Yeah. Now, as Christians, we are supposed to have, regardless of where we find ourselves, regardless of whether you lack money, you, you're broke, you don't have a job, you don't have a husband, you don't have a dress for your wedding, you don't fit into your dress for your wedding, you like, don't have a venue, you... I don't know, the sun is too hot or too cold or whatever the situation might be or there's like thunderstorms three days in a row. As Christians, our state of being is supposed to be restful because we are supposed to be living under God's will, under God's dominion in a state where He's in charge of everything. Now, if we are not restful, it means there's something wrong. Like, truth, Bob. It's not like one of those things where we can technically worm our way out of it. It's the honest truth. And I'm telling you because I'm telling you from experience. When I'm restless, it's because there's something wrong. When I'm stressed, it's because there's something wrong. Not that I, I lack. Besides the lack, there's something wrong in my own internal mind, in my own disposition, disposition in how I think about stuff. So, in verse 2, it says... For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because uh, they were not united by faith with those who, uh, who listened. The good news came to them. The good news comes to us, but it does not benefit us. Uh, I think, was it a year ago or two years ago, I was in Connect Group on campus with students. And we were talking and we had connect group and it was great and it was fun. And at the end we were praying for each other. And they were asking, okay, what can we pray for you for? And like, hmm, you want to pray for me, children? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh no, I'm, you know, you know, I have adulting issues and all of those things. I'm so stressed out and what, what, and what, what. And then one of the guys quoted uh, Matthew 6 to me after praying. Do not be anxious. Of, no, do not worry about what you're going to eat, about what you're going to, about what you're going to, aware because your father cares for you. And I'm like, dude, I know that. I taught that to you. Don't come here and tell me the things that I taught you and you're trying to get back at me thinking you're clever. (laughs) I didn't say that, but I said that in my heart. (laughs) The problem with that is that we can actually sometimes take faith into, we can sometimes think that faith actually means intellectual agreement. Like, do not worry. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I know and I hear. Do not worry. Therefore, I'm not worried. No, that's not it. 
that's not it. After leaving that connect group, I had to actually think and sit to myself and think, uh, actually, Jesus says do not worry. He does not give any T's and C's. He just says do not worry. So why am I worried? The thing is, I was actually trying to live by my plans. I was like looking at plans. I'm like, huh, where am I going to get this? Where am I going to get that? Where, am I, where, 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 where? Oh, let me think. Where, where, where? And then the anxiety and the worry starts to build up. I know that he says do not worry. I know that. I have faith. I agree. But where? We have to stop it only being an intellectual agreement only. And this is because of trust issues and stuff. Yesterday we had to go to Pumlani's house. Um, Lou gave us directions on the way there. It's very far, very far. He lives on the edge of the earth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on our way back, Lou was gone. So we had to use GPS. And there are no road markings and there are no signs. And this thing is busy telling us, turn left. And like, where? It's like, turn left. I don't know. Oh, there, that left over there. Okay. After a while, I sort of like, when it said turn left, I started indicating without knowing where am I turning. And then it suddenly appeared to me. Compared to this other time, I was lost with Sandile. And I was going to Mega City, and it was late. And I actually took the GPS and I looked and I was like, ah, I know this. I've got it figured out. Put it aside. Then we started driving. Then all of a sudden, ah, ooh, is this the right turn or the turn right and then the left turn? Okay, let me try and figure it out. Where? And then we got lost for 30 minutes. Because I stopped following this GPS and I started making my own plans. And then now, because I'm making my own plans, I'm going to have to see myself. It's the same thing with God. And another thing that we, we have that's a problem is we have got trust issues. You know this whole COVID thing, right? Now, I'm not talking about everyone here. We're all good. We have our masks on, except for Uncle Malcolm. <laughs> we all have them. He just needs a break. We all have our masks on. Sorry, Uncle Malcolm. It's just a coincidence. I wasn't good. So we all have a mask on, we're socially distanced, we're doing our elbow greet. But when we get out, hey, my goodness, the hug. <laughs> Not everyone here. We're all good here. Not all of us. When you see it out there, in the streets, where people don't wear masks, and they hug willy-nilly, and they shake hands, and they kiss each other on the cheeks. You know Why? It's because we don't, you know, we've heard the word, we've heard what government has said, we've heard all these instructions, but we don't really trust them. Is there really a COVID? Is there like, uh, no, 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 or some of us, we, or some of us actually believe yeah, there's COVID and there's all those stuff, but you, it's extreme, guys. Nah, uh, uh, I can't, I, I can't shake the hand. I can't, you know, we understand the philosophy and the principle of what the government is trying to say to us. Therefore, I can do this. I can do that. I can just, you know, patch it up there. But in principle, I'm, I'm, I'm safe. Sometimes that's what we do with God's will. I understand that God wants me to prosper. I understand that he loves me, that he cares for me, that he has all of those things. In principle, I understand that we all want to get there. But let me, let me put in, you know, let me keep God a boost. The principle still remains. 
He wants me to get married. I'm going to get married eventually, but like, let me help him. Oh, that, yeah, you don't see. Let me help you. The principle is still the same, right? Uh, yeah, it says God wants, you know, he'll give you a good wife. Let me go find one. <laughs> you know, we try to exert, because we've got trust issues. And sometimes we have trust issues with God's will. Actually, not sometimes, all the time. We have trust issues with God's will. We are unsettled about it. There's a song that we sing. I know Freedom Band and the Vets guys kind of gave it a little modern twist. But the, and, and actually, I was thinking about it the other day. It's called Mayenzi uh, Wintandoyako, right? Mayenzi Wintandoyako. I really suck at singing. So... Um, most of the time we sing that song in, in funerals. Uh, okay, translation, it says, let your will be done. Sometimes, mainly, we sing those, that song in funerals. And with such somber hearts. It's a, it's a funeral, so we, we, everyone's somber. So, yeah, I get it. But there's, 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 there's a general sort of idea that we've tried everything. We've tried doctors, we've tried praying, we've tried my grandmother's grandmother's portion, uh, potion and all of those things. We've tried everything in our possible nature, in everything. All plans have failed. Therefore, let your will be done. Therefore, I give up. I surrender. I'm done. It means God's will, we sort of like subconsciously believe that God's will is opposite to our own will that He wants to hurt us and to harm us. So when I've failed in all that I've tried, let His will be done. I give up. I surrender. It's like, you know, when, you, when you're being bullied or someone is trying to choke you and you're fighting and you're fighting with all your might and all your strength and you realize, I can't fight this anymore. Let me let go. That's, what we, that's how sometimes we come into God's will. We think God is actually a very mean person. We might not come across as that, but the way we act, we act like he's a very mean person. Because we don't trust his plans. We don't trust his plans. We, we want to make our own plans. Like, did really God say that I must do that? Did really, you know, I don't feel like it's right. I don't feel like it's fair. I really can't do this. And we end up making our own plans. And there's this thing that we have as Christians. I call it, you know, you can't be a preacher and preach for so many years and can't cone your own terms. <laughs> I call it spiritual self-sufficiency. Where I'm spiritual, but I'm self-sufficient. I've had, like, in my heart... I want to have a house, I want to have all these things. Therefore, let me go sit down and look at my budget and make a plan and negotiate all that I can do. So if I push this side, pull that side, then therefore I'll have this much money. Which, which, which house can I afford in the area? Oh, there's that house. Okay, great. A plan worked out. Great. Whoo, it's all good. Lord, let me please. It's very spiritual. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm in, I do campus ministry, and you know, I'm like Hannibal in the A team. If my, my my campus team knows that, like, I love it when a plan comes together. I'm forever plotting and scheming. It's very possible to plot and scheme and get your way to your plans, and then at the end, hashtag hashtag pray, hashtag God's will, hashtag God's plan, God's plan, without involving God in the whole thing. It's just based on what I can do. 
just based on my own plans, just based on what my, I possibly can. It's just me. Hashtag God. Even sometimes we take a leap of faith. Like I'm taking a leap of faith and sometimes people drop their jobs and they take a leap of faith to go start a business. It's a leap of faith. I don't know. I'm, you know, spirit lead me when my trust is without borders. But I know and I know for a fact that when I don't have money, I'm going to go to tea. I know tea is nice. And when I don't have a place to stay, I'm going to go to Wayne. If that falls short, I'm going to go there, I'm going to go there, I'm going to go there. I have all these connections that I'm relying on. Either I'm relying on my budget, I'm relying on my plans, I'm relying on my connections, I'm relying on all these other things that I have conjured up in my, hand, in my, in my mind that are plans, and therefore, hashtag God at the end. Because it's spiritual, right? In Jesus' name. All of that leads us to a place of restlessness. Because the plan is dependent on you. It's your plan. It's not God's plan. You know, like when Drake said God's plan, he's lying. Did really God say he must do all of that? What is God's plan? (laughs) Yeah, honestly, what is God's plan for your life and for all of that? Because sometimes we don't understand God's plan, we end up questioning his character. And then we end up making our own plans. God's, care, God's plan is not always revealed to us. We, always, we, we will never always all the time know his plan, but we can always trust his character. We can always trust his character. Philippians 4, Mac quoted it last week, 4 verses 6 to 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Not that God is opposite plans. Not that God is opposite budgets. Not that God is opposite you, you know, figuring out your life and where you're going. But we must present our request to God. Let's plan with Him. Let's sit down with Him and let Him speak over our plans. Let Him breathe His word into it. Let Him say, have His say in the meeting between you yourself and I, deciding where you're going with your life. Let Him be the voice there that gives word, that gives direction, because... If we make our request known to God and we're trusting in Him and then we're planning with Him, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guide your mind and heart in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. I mean like sometimes, you know, we're so safe guys. Like when was the last time you did something that made spiritually no sense, that made spiritually sense but practically it made no sense? Spiritually, it makes a whole sense. Practically, it makes no sense. But then we go come, Spirit, lead me when my trust. Do you really want that? Are you sure about it? Preaching to myself, by the way. <laughs> Sometimes we don't see miracles because we're too busy in our plans. We don't create a room for God to move because we have it all figured out. We love it when a plan comes together. 
When was the last time God distracted your plans? When was the last time God said to your budget, <laughs> do something crazy? Just <laughs> Just to see if you actually are there. Because sometimes we, we, we want to do that, but it, we, they're too much into this. <laughs> As someone once said, we just, yeah, all the time. I'm not saying be reckless, but if God says be reckless, go ahead. You know, it says the peace of God will guide you. Let the peace, live under the peace. Live in God's rest. Enter in His rest. Let His word profit you. Because if you're outside of that, you're making your own plans and you will not have rest. You will not have peace. Like for me, I was very reckless, restless a couple of weeks ago. I was like trying to make my own plans. And I'm like trying to figure out why do I feel so anxious? Why am I so stressed? Why am I so snappy? I'll get to the rest later. But the main thing was that I was too much into my own plans. I was too much trying to calculate and do all sorts of things. So let's let that, you know, planning is good, but let's bring God into it. Let's enter into his rest. Because he says, you, you know, he said to the Israelites, because of their unbelief, because of the way they received the word, you will not enter into my rest. That applies to them. It, It will definitely apply to us. You'll not enter into it. It's a fact. Go to your mother's house and act all wild and crazy and, you know, drink milk from everywhere. They will kick you out. (laughs) Go take the tap away and not bring it back. You will never enter into that rest. You are kicked out. (laughs) Same thing in God's kingdom. We need to come under. Surrender. We need to submit. Yield. Let go. Take a knee. So also in, in, in Hebrews 4, there's a passage where it speaks about the fact that God on the seventh day rested. And that therefore, in, in verse 9 says, So there remains a day, there remains a Sabbath rest for all of God's people. Now, there's this principle called the Sabbath. And we love, well, because of G- Jesus and his shenanigans with the Pharisees, we sort of kick it out. Because, you know, but the, the Sabbath predates the law the sabbath predates pharisees god rested and when we rest it's supposed to be a reflection and a reminder of what god did uh, in ezekiel 20 verses 12 to 20 or no, no verses 12 to 20 it says and i said uh, to their children in the wilderness do not walk in the statutes of your fathers nor keep the rules nor keep their rules No, defile yourselves with their idols. I am the Lord your God. Walk in my statutes and be careful to observe my rules and keep my Sabbath holy that they may may be a sign between me and you and you may know that I am the Lord your God. Now, you know, Sabbath is that you're supposed to take a break. Let, let's not like spiritualize it because sometimes we're going to end up in the whole Shembe principle and we're, not, we're taking cold showers every day on Saturdays. It just means take a break. That we just need to take a break. There's, there's, there's a significance to resting. Resting requires faith. Taking a break requires faith. I know some of, I'm a worker, I'm a workaholic. I mean, like, I could go all day, all night, every day. I mean, like, yeah, bring it on. But it takes faith to rest. 
Some of us work too much. Some of us don't want to take a break. Even when we're resting, we're resting on our phones. Like, let me check my emails. I can't believe he said that. That's so wrong. Just quickly. You know, resting reminds us of who God is and who God isn't. The Israelites went around the desert for 40 years so they could just learn one of a very, very short, simple principle. Man shall not live on bread alone, but live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Some of us, need, we actually need to learn that instead of intellectually know that. So when we put in the Sabbath and we honor and make it holy, which means just take a break, okay? So we actually are saying to God, we're actually saying that I'm finite, I can only do so much. God, you can do the rest. I love war movies. I love, you know, 300, I love Gladiator and... Partly because, and you know, Braveheart, because of the speeches. They're so great, so epic. You know, like... Um, and the lamest speech I ever heard in a war movie was from the kingdom of heaven. You know, regardless of the, of the principle and the philosophy behind what he was trying to say. But he gets up there, and everyone's standing there. They're about to fight. It's very bad. They're outnumbered, outgunned, out everything. And he stands up and he says, We have made our best preparations as we can. No, what happened to make ten men feel like a thousand? You know, what happened to raising your sword in the air and saying, they may take our land, but they'll never take our freedom. Ah! It's like, we have made our plans as best as we can. <laughs> it sort of resembled the Christian life though. It's lame, but that, no, not the Christian life, that speech. <laughs> it sort of resembles the Christian life. I've done all I can. I'm just, I, I, you know, you have to right-size yourself. You're not God. You're not the creator of everything. You're not the supplier of your own needs. You're not the source of your needs and your wants and everything. You can only do so much. There's a point where we have to let go and let God. And when we take a break, we take a moment to remember that. We take a moment to actually just stop yourself. And just pray, God, I trust you to take care of my work. God, I trust you to take care of my business. God, I trust you to take care of my studies. God, I'm trusting in you. And I dedicate this time to you to refresh my body. You know, enter into a state of rest. Rest and let him take care of everything. Let it be a reminder to you. Let us work us into our schedules. And when we take a break and when we make the Sabbath holy, it also restores relationship. You know, I've been, I'm like the president of the singles club, but I know, there's one thing that I know for a fact. <laughs> Any members? <laughs> uh, not because I'm looking, so we can have like, a membership club so I can make money out of this <laughs> um, like there's something about relationship is that I know that with relationship you cannot rush relationship you cannot rush any, any relationship you can't rush it you can't, have, you can't build a relationship with two hours on a Sunday you can't build a relationship with 30 minutes every morning it's not how it works 
when we take a break and we're like, God, you and I, let's take a break. Let's fix our things. It restores our relationship with God because some of us are living here because, and some of us are living and we're walking and we're breathing and we're offended at God, but we just don't want to say it. We just hurt. We have feelings. We have issues with God, but we just don't want to say it. Because we just don't trust. Hey, maybe he might just send that lightning my way. <laughs> God is not that insecure. God is very secure. In his throne room, he has like people that, oh, the 24 elders wear crowns. He doesn't have that, I have the biggest crown because I am God. He gives everyone a crown because he's not insecure. He will not, he will not be a lesser God if you come to him and present your issues to them. That God, I have an issue with you. Oh no, God has fallen from his throne. No, he's still God. It actually will help you. It helps me all the time. I take a break and I have to, have to go between me and God. I'm like, Gee, Lord, I have an issue. I don't think you, I don't trust what you said in your word. I've got issues with these things because I don't see them manifesting in my own life. Often than not, I come back with my tail behind, tail between my little, that thing that dogs do when they humbled. <laughs> because God just, you know, it's just like, he just becomes God in that moment. That can only happen if you take a break and sort out issues. When you have rest, rest restores relationship. Even in your own natural family, if you never take a break, you will never have relationship. You'll just be strangers. If you don't have a time to, if you don't make an effort. Okay, let me make an effort. Sorry T, I'm going to say this. Me and T live in the same house. We work, I work, he works. Sometimes we don't see each other for very long. Same house. Like, literally, his bedroom is like right here. <laughs> next to my bedroom. We sometimes we go forever without seeing each other. Sometimes it requires actually me stopping and going, Hey T, are you still alive? I'm still alive. <laughs> what are you up to? <laughs> Deliberate effort. Take a break. Take an effort. Take, enter into his rest. Make room for rest. Come into God's rest. You know, it's been a hectic year. It's been a hard year. It's been a difficult year. As we are about to close, I just want to read verse 11 of uh, Hebrews 4 for you guys. It says, Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Let us strive to enter that rest. In the Christian world, the word strive is almost like a swear word. You know, let's not strive. But here it says, let us strive to enter that rest. The reason why, I think the reason why it says it's strive is because we have to kind of beat ourselves up a little bit to just remind ourselves, you know, put ourselves in our positions, you know, poke by yourself once in a while so that you can know where you deserve, where you belong. So God can have room to give you peace, to give you rest. Jesus says, come to me, all you are weary, all of you that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You will never receive rest until you let go. That I sort of kind of play every now and again when I'm holding on to stuff. It's that we will worship song. It says, we will abide in you, Lord. 
Teach us to wait on you, Lord. Teach us to rest in you, Lord. I think rest has to start from a place of surrender. We have to let go. We have to let go and we have to trust that God has our, has our best interest at heart. Let go of our plans. Let go of our ideas, of our aspirations. Because I can guarantee you, you are only thinking this much. You want this much. But God wants this much for you. You have to let go of this much in order to, get, to, to grab a hold of that, this. We have to let go first and surrender and submit. So with every eyes closed, I want us to posture our hands in our, in, in our, in our bodies in a, in a state of surrender. Lord, we surrender to you. like these and other resources you can visit our website at enderban.org remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons be blessed